Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. As improbable as that sounds, it's true. (laughs) And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with you about what's mattering to us this week. We're so happy you're here. And hi, Shannon. Hello, Jamie. Hi, nice to see you. It's good to see you. I mean, I see you every moment of every day. day. But you know what? It remains true that it's nice. It is. That's why we got married. Yeah. Uh, Shall we start with some announcements, announcements, announcements? I've got one. What is it? You have a new album coming out (gasps) a week from Friday. Oh my gosh. So people, December 2nd, Shannon's long-awaited blockbuster new album, (laughs) Good To Me, is having its worldwide official release. Yay! So exciting. It'll be on streaming services across the globe as of midnight local time to you. Local time to your country. So, for example, mm. on the West Coast, you can hear it from 9 p.m. on Thursday. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they do local time mm. kind of like the eastern edge of whatever right. country you're in. Right. So, if you're in a big, huge country like us, you know, you can hear it three hours, up to three hours early. Wow. I mean, probably in Hawaii, you could hear it like, I don't know, uh, seven hours Middle early? of the day. Middle of the day. You could listen to it over dinner, probably, Hawaii. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out next Friday. It's coming out next Friday. And we have so many fun and exciting things planned for this. Centered around a 10-day-long album celebration extravaganza, <laughs> which is going to take the form of you and me doing 10 straight days on Facebook Live and Instagram Live, mm-hmm. doing what uh, what our people love, I think, the most from us, which is being goofy <laughs> on live video. People love our telethons. They just do. You're silly. I'm silly. We have coffee. We get a little bit hyped up. I'll do Jamie Oki. We'll do, uh, and if you've never seen Jamie Oki, by the way, <sighs> it's a shit show. You gotta see it. It's just the best. Train wreck. You can't look away. Everyone who uh, pledges to our uh, to support our uh, fundraiser that we're doing in conjunction with this mm-hmm. gets to pick a song from the 80s and I will belt out with high enthusiasm mm. and low technical achievement. Mm. Uh, one verse and one chorus. Mm. So fun. So good. Oh, it's so good. I might even use a hairbrush if it's a song I really oh, yeah. need to get into. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Shannon does backup vocals and finger snaps. It's oh, yeah. just, it's wonderful. it's wonderful. We'll do some live music performance on a listener request basis for people who do kind of like higher what? contributions to our fundraiser. Yes. No, seriously, like if you give it one of the sort of, I mean, all the levels are small because you're monthly, you know what I mean? But if you do like, you know, one of the 20 or above levels, you get to pick a song of Shannon's. We'll play it for you acoustically. I'll play electric piano. Shannon will sing in do a hairbrush. It's really actually kind of great. That's the good side of music performance. When I do it, it's bad but funny. No, it's when good. When Shannon does it, it's good and uh, not funny, just good. Yeah, okay. Yes, but this is going to be real. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting the first night of that uh, celebration. Yep. Is Friday, December 2nd. Friday, December 2nd. And going for 10 days total. Uh, so clear, Why? clear your calendars, everybody. Clear your calendars for the evenings of December 2nd through 12th. 11th? 12th. Is that what it works? I can't. quite sure. Bad at math in my head, but you know what I mean. Uh, We're going to be on every night. Uh, What were you going to say about- The reason it's 10 nights long is because it's a 10 song album. Oh, right. And part of the structure for this, we've decided, is because it's a narrative album, it's a concept album about finding peace and power, reconnecting to one's personal peace and power in hard times. Mm -hmm. There's a narrative journey there, and we're going to take you on that one song at a time, Mm -hmm. one song per night for 10 nights. Right. So like tuning in on night one, you're going to get one experience tuning in on night three or six 
or nine, you're going to get a whole, it's like a, it's like different episodes of the show. It really is yeah. true. It's mm-hmm. like a limited series. It is. It's a, lim- <laughs> it's a good to me limited series. Yeah. Live. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. So I hope that you'll join us. Yeah, so just mark your calendars for now. It's starting uh, December 2nd. The time is TBD. It'll probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 7.30 p.m. West Coast time. That tends to be what we've done in the past. Works out pretty well. We'll discuss it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, it's going to be great. We can't wait to have some fun with you uh, after this year. My goodness, we all just need to blow off some steam, right? So come blow off some steam with us. Yeah. Yeah, we will We will keep you entertained for, for 10 straight days. Excellent. Uh-huh. Uh, announcement number two is that it is still personal song season. Mm. Uh, I have just limited space in my schedule available. I could do one, maybe two more than yeah. I already have on my docket. Yeah. Um, a personal song is a song that I will write and record for you based on your thoughts, feelings, stories, experiences for and about a person in your life that you love very much yeah. and to whom you would like to give a very special gift this holiday season. Mm-hmm. It's the best gift of all time. Quite literally. If you'd like to find out more about how it works and what it costs, send me an email, shannon at misfitstars.com, and I will send you all of the relevant information and hopefully get you on my schedule for this season's personal songs. Do you all want to know how much this is literally the best possible gift that you can give somebody you love? We heard from somebody a while back who Shannon did a personal song for. He said, and I'm not making this up or joking, that the gift of the personal song reignited him and his partner's love life. It's true. It's really true. Like, it's a powerful (laughs) gift, people. Oh, my gosh. And it wasn't like a sexy song. No. It was a loving song. It was a loving, caring song. But you know, sometimes expressing one's love and caring for a partner can really be the biggest turn on. 100%. Yeah. Man, hint, hint. If you're, because, right, if you're a man, you're like, really? This is news to me. (laughs) This is why I'm telling you. (laughs) Women know this. Women are like, yes, this is what I've been waiting to hear. This is what I crave in my life. And men are like, is that so? Yes, man. Uh, Yes, Yes, it is. That's it. That's why you do personal songs. That's right. That's right. So send me a message. Let's do it. Oh, uh, uh, Shannon at MisfitStars.com. Yes. Yeah. Jamie. Yes. How are you feeling today? Oh, thanks for asking. I am feeling great today. I'm feeling specifically, uh, what I wrote down was I'm feeling happy and lighthearted. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. Mm-hmm. My heart just feels light. I feel buoyant of spirit. That's great. I feel like I feel like I could float in water without trying to. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's, uh, you could. That's how the human body works and, yeah. and water. Especially if you're like in the Great Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can even just float face down there. Yeah. Standing up, face whatever. Down. Don't breathe face down. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. No, but I feel good. good. Uh, it's just been a kind of a good week and I am just doing fine. And you know, I'm not doing fine because it's been a good week, but oh. the two things are happening at the same time. That's Frequently, great. I've come to realize how I'm feeling on the inside is completely disconnected from my external circumstances. Mm. It's entirely possible that I could be having a great week and also not feeling great. Yeah. Like things could be going well and I might still feel like crap. That's mm. just part of how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. But So it's like a little matrix, you know, on the left column, there's two choices for good week, bad week. And on the, you know, across the top, it's like feeling good, feeling bad. And I'm somewhere in that little four item matrix. Yeah. But you know, I'm in the best possible That's square great. right now, which nice. is good week, feeling good. That's good. Uh-huh. How about you? How are you feeling? So the words I've written down are, I'm feeling content. That's nice. I'm feeling engaged. Mm. And I'm feeling connected to a sense of belonging. You did a threefer. I did. I did. That's I'm a lot I'm of feeling feelings. all things. Yeah, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling contentment today, which is 
Uh, there's no like reason for it. It just is, and I'm happy for it. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling engaged. Uh, I'm feeling, and specifically related to the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm feeling like interested in it and excited for it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and connected to a sense of belonging. I, I. Um, this is specifically related to experiences I've had. I and I know that you're probably sick of us of hearing us talk about being uh, on Mastodon. <laughs> Having, I, I have not opened Twitter on purpose for over a week. Um, and it's a place I used to go to just kind of like get updates on what's going on in the world or mm-hmm. like, you know, and connect with people occasionally too. And It's the old public square, you know. It is the old public square. I haven't been on it at all. I haven't missed it at all. No. Um, and, and like this, so this new... Go back and listen to two episodes ago. We talked all about the Fediverse. It's an open source platform where lots of different decentralized servers can connect and communicate with each other. So there's not like some corporate walled garden that's controlling everything and deciding who can post what. And, you know, so like it's... it's and just, who sees what, the, who posts yeah. as a function of power and or clout and or advertising yeah. boost. Yeah, totally. You know, like, I, I, like we're doing our live broadcast coming up on Facebook and Instagram because those are places where we have connections with a lot of people. Where people are. And... Uh, and also they have functionality for live broadcasting. And, yep. you know, it is it is a tool we will be using for the foreseeable future. But, you know, the feeling that I get going onto those sites sometimes is not great. Like, mm. I feel like, like, for instance, Facebook keeps telling me, they, they, it'll pop up in my notifications. Like, you've been granted increased visibility. I'm like, well, thank you, Facebook God. Like, whatever. But also kind of not. Like, is Because what that implies is like all the other times, we're shoving your shit down. Well, yeah. I'm not telling you. And <laughs> exactly. And it'll follow up by saying like, keep bo- keep posting and, re- and commenting to keep your status. And I'm like, why, why am I here being fed these bullshit scarcity messages about like being connected to my people? Like, it's just awful. Like, I get an icky feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, that said, we're not going anywhere on those sites yet. I'm, I mean, I have left Twitter. I haven't deactivated my, deactivated my account or anything, but I'm not on there anymore because it's quickly becoming a Nazi hellhole. Um, and I just won't, I won't participate in that. Mm. Um, but like that said, like being on Mastodon, which is connected to the Fediverse, which is this decentralized, it's not owned by a corporation. It is literally run by a whole bunch of volunteers all over the world yeah. who have really great moderation standards. Like the instance that I joined, the, the instance I, like there's strict rules about like, you can't post homophobic stuff. You, you can't, can't be post, a transphobe. Right, you can't be a transphobe. You can't post racist stuff. You can't, you know. Which is great because they're not part of this cadre of companies who are hiding behind quote unquote free speech to platform hate. Right, exactly. It's, you it's know, so, fuck your free speech. <laughs> if that's your free speech, we don't want it. Well, also free speech it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> it's about the government not being able to censor you, not That's corporations. Right. Anyway. That's right. It's still a value that a yeah. lot of corporations do uphold. That I guess so. It's part of the conversation. Right. But if it's if you if if you're allowing a Nazi to have free speech on your platform, you are not allowing a free space for people who are targeted by that speech. That's right. You know what I mean? Like so like it, yeah. whatever. Anyway, my point is I've been on Mastodon, which is a, an instance connected to the Fediverse, for a few weeks now, and I love it. Yeah. And I feel like, I'm feeling, especially this last week, just a, a, a connection there in ways that I have not felt on other corporate walled garden social media sites. Oh, that's so cool. You know, like, um, a couple of instance, a couple of circum- uh, examples. 
one today, I just I just popped in and I was like replying to random strangers' posts about things. They posted a beautiful picture they took. I told them so. We got in a conversation about where it was taken and like, you know, like- or, Just or, human just stuff. Just humans talking to humans. It's lovely. Mm. But there were, I had two other experiences this last week that were really like lovely. I, I started following an author that I really respect. Her name's Austin Channing Brown. Yeah. And- um. And she she recently joined uh, the Fediverse as well. I followed her, and she made a post about something. By the way, people, when Shannon's saying the Fediverse, really, she's saying Mastodon. Just think Mastodon. Well, it, sure, it's Mastodon. That, that's if you don't know about this stuff, you've been hearing about Mastodon. This is that. Yeah, right. So uh, she joined, and I I followed her, and and then she made a post a couple of days ago about something that she was struggling with in her in writing her book proposal, her next book book proposal, and. I replied saying, yeah, you know what? I have experienced something similar that, to that in my songwriting and I don't have an answer for the question you're posing, but I just wanted to say me too. And it ended up being this like back and forth conversation yeah. that I got to have with this like famous author that I respect yeah. um, where we were just talking human to human. Yeah. And like- It wasn't like one of those- conversations you see sometimes on other like web properties around the internet where sure it might be a famous author talking with a human but there's a power dynamic implicit in the conversation yeah. and it's sort of like they're talking down and you're talking up right this felt much more seeing it this, just like two equals talking as humans exactly like it was because i think that the culture and the environment of mastodon slash the fediverse yeah really encourages it de-emphasizes hierarchy yes. of all kinds, which is so healthy and good. Yeah. And so here I was just, you know, and like, I, again, she is just a person. She does happen to be a famous author who I respect. Yeah. And so there is that element. But the fact that like I had the opportunity to, and she also felt safe having a conversation with a rando like me, mm -hmm. you know, like- That's the other real thing about her. I think you just, you really touched on something. That like people who are more well known, I think, in this environment might intuitively feel more safe because it's by design set up to be a safe space. Right. Like if you ask anybody who was there for the founding of the Fediverse, you know, or mm -hmm. Mastodon in particular, uh, it was created by marginalized peoples as a safe space mm -hmm. from. Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like that's why they made it. Right. Because people like, because it was it was founded by just all kinds of outsiders, like gay people, queer people, trans people, furries. I mean, just like anyone, like just lots of weirdos. And I say that lovingly and as, as a member, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> a weirdo member. Yeah, weirdo. it was followed by, it was founded by geeks and nerds and outsiders. And it was for them to have a sure. safe space where you could have conversation and not have people just coming on and being like, die trans scum, like on Twitter. Right, right, right. It's right. wonderful. So, and so maybe that's why better known people feel mm, more safe maybe. talking with strangers. Yeah, I, but, my, but my point in connecting it to how I'm feeling is mm. it's just like that, like it's a kind of a, a random example, but like with Austin Channing Brown, with, uh, I, I got to have a little mini conversation with uh, John Bewin, who was the host of the podcast Seen on Radio, which you have heard us talk about on this podcast yeah. a lot. Yeah. His work has been transformative. And he's just joined and is just getting his feet wet. But like, I got to have like a little back and forth with him too. I did too. Kind of welcoming him. I, and again, these people aren't worth more because they're well-known, right? Like I, that's not what I'm trying to say here, but it is kind of like, a, it's a unique experience to get a chance to talk to people I respect like that. Yep. And- put that together with all the other conversations that I'm having with other random folks yeah. about random things that are beautiful, inspiring, or whatever, informative, whatever we happen to be talking about. I just feel, I feel belonging yeah. as a result of that 
and it's not that I don't feel belonging other places in my life, but this just, like, I think, and also because so many of the people that I've been having conversations with are literally from all over the world. Australia, Scotland, Ireland, places in Europe, mm-hmm. like... Big German, uh, Netherlands presence. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. like, it's just really a lovely feeling to feel connected to something bigger. Yeah. In, in this way. I get those feelings lots of other places as well, but this just this week... That's been just a special, like, you know, I don't know, just feel a sense of belonging in the larger world out there. That's nifty. And that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I've been feeling that on there too, and I'm glad that you expressed that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we fire up the good news machine? I've just got a little one, really. What, what is it? It's that I finally got over my apprehension about talking about our album release. Oh. I just had like a little oh. block about that. But I finally just kind of got past that a couple of days ago. Okay. Because it's something we got to do, right? Because you start talking about the thing. You can't be like, hi, starting today, we have a big 10-day thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need to let people know ahead of time so they can like make plans and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like we did in our announcements earlier in this episode, right? Yeah. We, we want to let you know. But I, for some reason, was just having some weird, just kind of like a hump I needed to get over about uh, that. Just yeah. not quite sure how to talk about it, feeling mm. weird about it. But I just, I broke the seal somehow a couple days ago. Thank you. And now I just feel really enthused and excited about that work and the planning for it and all the planning that we've already put into place, which Mm -hmm. is going to really like pay dividends when release day happens. Yeah. You know, so that's, it's personal good news today for me. That's great. I love it. How about you? The good news that I have is about people who um, have student loan debt. Mm. So, um, you know, through the pandemic, all the student loan payments have been deferred, deferred, deferred mm-hmm. as a way to help people, you know, stay alive yeah. and not, you know, uh, be having to pay those that money mm-hmm. uh, during this time. And the deferment was supposed to end in January. Yep. Um, uh, and in the meantime, a couple months ago, the Biden administration uh, put through a measure of, of just an executive, executive order mm-hmm. to cancel up to $20,000 of student loan Mm -hmm. debt for people. And there were applications available to make that happen. And then a bunch of Republicans decided to sue to stop that policy from going into into action, which sucks because Republicans suck. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not, like, it's it's just so, it's such a huge double standard because like, you know, during the pandemic, another one of the relief things that were, that was offered to people were like PPP loans. People who owned businesses could take out massive loans, sometimes in the millions of dollars, depending on the size of their business. So their business didn't go under. So the businesses didn't go under. And then those PPP loans were forgiven. Yeah. Republicans had no problem with that. No. Meanwhile, and it was like it wasn't like in the thousands. It was like regularly in the millions yes, of dollars. Exactly. Loans. Each loan would be like five million bucks. Yeah, yeah, and and oftentimes to people who just didn't need it either, yeah, like you rich know? white people. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're like throwing a shit fit about student loan debt forgiveness, and these are people who actually can and will benefit from this. Hugely. It, it, it will not only benefit those people, it will benefit the economy at large. Sure. Like it's it's a good situation all the way across the board. Republicans sued to stop it. And so now it's caught up in the legal system. Yep. And uh, so what happened today was the Biden administration uh, continued the deferment of those payments. So the deferment was supposed to end in January and a lot of people who either didn't qualify for all of their de- loan, uh, their debt to be qual- uh, forgiven or, um, you know, has had some remaining amount where they were going to have to start paying again in January. Mm-hmm. That's now been pushed back again until June of next year so that this issue has the time to work through the courts and hopefully 
hopefully come out on the right side and yeah. like allow this policy to go through. But people won't be like at the end of a whiplash, like you got to pay, you don't got to pay, you don't got to pay while it's being figured out. Yeah, that's so, good. Exactly. So good news for those of you who have student student debt. Um, your payments don't resume in January. You can keep deferring them through Woo-hoo. at least June of next year. So that's good. I love it. Um, I'm under the impression that you have an item that will help us get less done. Class, anyone? Anyone? I do have an item. What is it? And so it's actually something that I saw someone talking about on Mastodon. Well, how fun. Uh-huh. It, it's, it just gave me something to think about, and I just wanted to say it here so that other people can think about it too. Excellent. So uh, I'll just read this person's post. It's short. Their handle is Scoops, S-K-O-O-P-S. Mm-hmm. And they're from Australia. And, and they say, well, it's official. After about a week on Mastodon, I've gained more followers than I could scrape together on both Twitter and Instagram after a year or more of really going for it on those platforms. That was, is, and continues to be nuts. Thanks for your support. This has been a pretty eye-opening experience as a creative on the internet. I knew that most modern platforms deliberately hide smaller users' posts from search results because they want you to buy boosted posts and all that. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't sure just how bad these algorithms skewed things until now. It also caused me to consider how algorithm-based platforms have a latent psychological effect on artists. Mm. We compare ourselves to success stories, Mm. seeing our relative engagement as a gauge for how far behind them we are, without realizing just how much the scales are unfairly tipped against us Mm. by the platform itself. Mm. It's demoralizing and opaque and probably causing many young artists to give up when they shouldn't. Yeah. I just thought that was so profound. It totally is. I think it's it's true for people who are not artists who are posting on social media too. Yes. Like, they, I mean, there's been a ton of studies done that have proven without a shadow of a doubt that that this kind of algorithmic social media stuff that we've been doing for mm-hmm. the last however many years is bad for our mental health. That's like, right. how mu- how often do you go onto a social media site and you've posted something that you're like are eager to share? Yeah, you really and then care it gets, about. It's you really you care about it, and then it gets like. No engagement at all. Like you, you know, hardly anybody likes it. Nobody responds, and you start to feel shitty about yourself. Yeah, you feel like, like a loser. You feel like a loser. Nobody cares. Yeah. Well, it's not the fault of you or the post. I mean, like literally, it's probably the freaking algorithm yeah. that's making decisions about not showing things to people, and like as a result, it affects our it's an, it affects our spirits. It's yeah. bad. It's, it's really so really bad. bad. You're right. And of course, the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, Facebook, for example, will uh, put up in their algorithm and make people see more of is stuff that causes quote-unquote engagement. Well, what do they consider engagement? They consider it specifically to be negative engagement. Mm -hmm. So when posts get sad or angry reactions, Mm -hmm. that's when those get boosted to the top of the algorithm. Yeah, because people stay around longer and argue in the comments and get served more ads when they're angry about things. If there's anger happening. Yeah, it's just all the wrong incentives. You're maybe posting something really meaningful about your life, a personal breakthrough or discovery maybe that you made Mm -hmm. that you want to share with people and you're getting no engagement and you're feeling like a piece of shit about it because you are feeling maybe isolated and lonely at the end of a pandemic and you just want someone to hear you. And meanwhile, the person posting about, you know, let's go Brandon is getting a thousand (laughs) likes and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, totally. And it's not you. Right, right. It's really important. But we don't have that framework often to like absorb that information that way, but it it just feels bad in the moment. Yeah. You know? It does. That was really insightful. Thanks for sharing that. Uh Uh-huh. So I, uh, I, do you have, would you like to request a gold star today? I mean, I could. Okay. Here's what I'm requesting a gold star for. Okay, what is it? So, 
I have alluded to this on the podcast over the past, like, I don't know, better part of a year. It's something I've been really working on behind the scenes for a long time. Mm -hmm. But I have uh, a couple of different, like, uh, clothing lines and a line of mugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it's like lifestyle items, right? Merch. Merch that I have made. They're like lines. There's one line called uh, 80s Kids, mm-hmm. which is nuclear holocaust themed apparel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have another line mm-hmm. called Republican Jesus, mm-hmm. which features an extremely not self-aware <laughs> and quite bigoted Republican Jesus character. Yeah. Um, Who we affectionately call RJ. RJ. We talk about him a lot. We got a short name. (laughs) So it's RJ. If you hear me talking about RJ, that's who. (laughs) So uh, I have... Before you go on, Jamie's designs are so great. They're so great. Thank you. Like, it's just his personality coming through, but in a way that I know that I think a ton of people are going to relate to. (laughs) Like, it's so good. Like, it's funny. It's witty. It's ironic. It's... It's great. If it's you, good stuff. like me, are finding yourself absolutely appalled at how evangelicals are acting in the Trump era, yeah. uh, this is for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we vent. Yeah. This is how I have vented mm-hmm. those feelings. Mm-hmm. So what are we giving you a gold star for? What we're giving you a gold star for is I have been working with a social media marketing team over the past uh, couple of months to prepare a launch for this <laughs> stuff, like an actual advertising launch. Is it launching? Uh I my line of mugs is ready for launch. Okay. And that's the exciting news. That is exciting. Yeah. And so like there's different components to this, right? And there's there's the there's the eighties kids line, there's Republican Jesus t shirts and Republican Jesus mugs. Mm-hmm. Especially with like the holidays approaching. Like I'm more of a t shirt guy myself. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll wear a black t shirt all day. I'm wearing one right now, <laughs> you know. But uh with the holidays approaching and also some of these sentiments might be a little edgy for people to wear out of the house, but you know they might want it on a fifteen ounce mug to yeah. drink tea out of and <laughs> snicker to themselves about. Totally. Or to show off to their trusted friends when they come over to your house and Inside. you give them a public yeah. Jesus mug. Sure. Laugh about it together, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, um, Anyway, there's a ton of preparation, as you might imagine, to build a really high-quality web store mm. and to get that all optimized and fine-tuned. You've been working so hard. And just there's lots of stuff. I, I didn't even know you had to do all this back-end setup stuff yeah. that the digital marketing team that I've been working with has been sort of bringing me up to speed on. Yeah. And we've been doing it together. I finished my part last night. Hallelujah. And so basically, we are them pushing the button. They, have, they need to set some more stuff up, last little fiddly things, you know, integrate the collateral, like the, the what's called the creative of the ad, you know, okay. the images and video. Yeah. I made video advertisements. Wow. Yeah, they're fun. And uh, the, and then they will launch and they've been building audiences to market these things to wow. nationwide to start with. And we're just going to see how things go. We're going to have a couple of different ads for A-B testing so they can see what's working <laughs> and then that one will win. It'll be It's like seeds. It's like when yeah. you have like a football playoff, uh-huh. you know, yeah. we'll start with two, we'll play them off against each other, whichever one wins, we'll put another one against it. Yeah. We'll just keep doing that until we find which ones are hitting which people the best, which makes the cost per click go down. Yeah. The whole this thing. is like inside baseball. I know. But it's very exciting. It's exciting. It, so anyway, what I want a gold star for is getting to the end of this preparation journey because it took literally about nine months. Oh, you get so many gold stars. Seriously, you have been working so hard for so long to get this moment, and it's it's genuinely exciting. Thank you. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I would like to see, can we share the website? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. People, it's real simple. It's just 80skids.net. Eight, the number eight, the number zero. S-K-I-D-S.net. Yeah. 80skids.net. Yeah. And you'll see there's just three collections. There's the 80s Kids t-shirts, Republican Jesus t-shirts, Republican Jesus mugs. Go check them out. Go check them out. (laughs) 
<laughs> gold stars for you. Thank you. Do you have a request for a gold star? Yeah, you know, so this is an, it's an unusual request. I'm actually not requesting a gold star from you or mm. anyone else. Mm. I'm requesting a gold star from myself. Wow. And I'm going to give it to myself. Wow. Here's what I mean. Like, okay, I, I just... The last week's podcast, I talked about sort of some of the vulnerable feelings I was having about mm -hmm. like this album launch and the new things that we've been trying mm -hmm. and all that. And I had a moment of reflection earlier today where like I can, I'm, I acknowledge that, the, that a lot of the new stuff that we have been trying and are going to continue to try with, you know, to do with this new strategy that we have for this launch feels scary. But like I... I also can look back from where I'm standing today over the last number of months and like as we have been um, imagining where we'd like to see this go and making plans to try to chart a course toward that, um, like I really feel like I have done a good job stepping into what feels uncomfortable mm -hmm. like over and over and over again mm -hmm. over the last number of months. Mm -hmm. And um and I want to just like acknowledge to myself that I'm proud of myself for doing that. You know, like I'm not, I don't need anybody else to tell me, to give me accolades for that. Mm -hmm. But I just think it was important to be like, you know, I, I acknowledge that like this, I've been pushing myself in new ways. Hmm. And I'm proud of myself for having continued to show up for what has felt um, uncertain and uncomfortable. I love it. So, so what do, do you think? Do you get a gold star? I, I do. I'm giving myself gold stars. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, sugar. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. What you got? Well, you know, um, I, for me, the the important flashing neon light thing for this week mm. to talk about is the, the murders of um, people at the LGBTQ bar uh, in Colorado Springs yep. over the weekend. Yep. Um, I imagine you've heard the news, but a, a, a man walked in with a long gun and killed five people and injured like 25 others. Same as all of these things. Somebody very recently passed the age of 18 with an AR-15. Yeah. Like, uh, like always, white guy with an AR-15. Yeah. And uh, he's been charged with not only murder, but also with hate crimes. Mm -hmm. It's like it's, it's a hate-related situation based on the evidence that they have against him. Um, and, you know... I, First of all, I'm so sick and tired of having to talk about mass mass gun murders like this. Yeah. Like that's and that's a whole other topic. Um, which we've talked about on this podcast. <laughs> Go back to the episode in uh in was it May when the Uvalde school shooting happened mm. and all of that stuff. But you know, specifically I I I I wanted to talk about the the relationship of this this uh violent act to hate speech and what role we have in making a difference going forward, right? Because like, I think that for a lot of people and pro probably for a lot of people who are listening here, like you don't, you don't say hateful things against LGBTQ people. Of course you don't, right? Like probably nobody who's listening is going to be somebody who's going to perpetuate hate speech, right? Yeah. Um, we, we can certainly see who's, you know, who the loudest voices are doing that out in the world, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're very prominent and they have a very loud microphone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the personalities on Fox News, Tucker Carlson being one of the biggest ones mm -hmm. with his anti-trans rhetoric. Yes, really bad. Lately. Um, but there's others as well, elected officials included in that list, uh, celebrities 
included in that list, uh, like the Kanye Wests of the world. And yeah. heck, for that matter, um, one of the most popular comedians on planet Earth, uh, Dave Chappelle, sure. has anti-trans material in his in his routines. And like he just recently did it on SNL. You know what I mean? He's, it's not like an obscure thing. It's not like he's been marginalized for this. He got given the biggest comedic Mainstream. platform in the world. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah, he was just on like last month. For fuck's sake. Yeah. We're going to definitely have to la la label this episode with explicit. Sorry, I'm, I'm like pretty, all over the map. I'm pretty map. sure that at the beginning of this season, I toggled oh, the good. overall <laughs> setting for the podcast to explicit. Oh, that's good. I know it's edgy. We're edgy now. <laughs> I just can't help but say fuck. Anyway, hey. so... um. So, you know, again, people who are listening here, what do we do about this? Like, it's like I was thinking about it the other day. Like, I want to say something in public, in my in sort of my public squares online, you know, about this. But I was trying to think about like what I could say that would be productive because yeah, I could right. like rail against the big voices. Tucker Carlson doesn't care what I think. He's mm. never going to hear what I think about what he has to say on his stupid show. Yeah loser you know but like but but like what what is it that i can do that, that's productive right and i and i just you know one of the things that i the thing that i landed on was was just sort of a personal story and i shared it on on line this weekend but i want to just kind of reiterate a little bit here like and, and it starts with a with an admission mm -hmm. and that is that when i was young when i was a young person growing up and into the early part of my 20s mm -hmm. I believed that being uh, gay was wrong. Yeah. Being trans was wrong. Being queer was wrong. It was sinful. Punishable and, by a trip to hell. Yeah. If, if you didn't like beg for forgiveness mm -hmm. for, the, for that sinful act, right? Like, um, and I believed this because that's what I was taught in the context of the evangelical Christian church in which I was brought up. And, you know, when I think back about that, like I definitely, I, I, I mean, I, 100% internalized that message. Mm -hmm. I didn't learn it from anywhere else, right? Like that's where I learned that. Yeah, obviously. It was just, it was an, an unquestioned fact that that was just wrong. Like it wasn't even controversial. Like I, there was no frame of reference in my young life, no no other voice yeah. suggesting to me that maybe that was wrong. Everything's was, normal when you're a kid. Like people say something, you're like, oh, okay. Right. It's like the sky is blue, grass is green, being gay is bad. <laughs> exactly. That's and I, and I trusted the adults in my life to teach me things that were true, yeah. right? But they taught me a lie. <laughs> in retrospect, something of a mistake. Well, I mean, how, how does a For kid know? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to think, of, I, I was thinking back on my, like, home life, too. You know, like, was I receiving reinforcing messages on that topic from the adults in my home? Mm. And I don't think that there was anything direct, but there certainly wasn't any redirection. Right. And that was... You know, it's not like they were taking, sitting you down after church and being like, okay, so the pastor said this, but we don't think that's true. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I, I am not here. I, I can't assess whether the not push, not pushing back was by neglect or by design. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's not right. mine. It's not mine to judge that. Um, but the, the bottom line is I grew up with that belief and I internalized right. that belief. And then fast forward to my early 20s early to mid-20s, where I uh, became friends with a, a gay person at work. And we started hanging out socially, like going out for lunch and stuff, like friends yeah. do. And I got to know her, and she's amazing. Oh, she's rad. We had so much fun together. I would listen to stories about her life and, like, 
you know, the date she went on last week and like the poetry she was writing and the movies she was into. And I'm just like, okay, I'm having a great time with this human being here across the table from me. And I'm experiencing a huge amount of dissonance with clearly seeing the the beauty and fullness of all of her humanity rubbing up against this awful belief that I had still lodged in my brain. Right. And I mean, it was such a it was such a big dissonance that like I couldn't ignore it. I had to change my mind. Like I, like <laughs> like I had to be like clearly all that stuff I was taught was wrong because look mm-hmm. here's this person who's amazing and has every right to exist in the way that she, in the fullness of all that she is yeah. as I do or as anybody else does. And so like and honestly, that was one of the experiences that was, that was like a domino of me questioning a whole bunch of other stuff I'd been taught in that environment growing up. And that's another story for another time. But the point is that like, it was it was the human to human experience that, that caused me to change my mind. It was not anybody saying to me, you know, as someone, a, a, an authority figure or someone I looked up to or trusted saying, hey, actually, you know, I'm going to push back on this message that you've been getting. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to say that like, we all have a role because those, the, the hate speech has, taken a massive uptick yeah. in recent years, especially this last, like, it's just, it's like, it's, it's like it's exponential, you know? I mean, if you all listening are thinking, wow, this sounds like it's paralleling the rise of authoritarianism in a burgeoning fascist movement in this country. I mean, yeah, they go together. Absolutely. That's how authoritarianism works. You've got to demonize people to rally your followers. Right. You've got to make people afraid. Exactly. And so, you know, all this, all this hate speech, you know, whether it's, you know, Tucker Carlson would never say that he's advocating violence, but he is because he's dehumanizing yeah. people every time he employs that rhetoric against trans people. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle would never say, I'm advocating violence, but by using his massive platform to make fun of, to put trans people at the butt of his jokes, yeah. that is dehumanizing yeah. a marginalized group of people. And and what it what those things serve to do, you know, all put together is to create an environment where somebody who does have a violent impulse gets the idea that maybe violence against those people is justified because these big loud voices are telling me that that these are these people are less than human. Yeah. Less human than me. And 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 so like I guess my point is we all have a role. If we, if I am quiet, whenever I hear somebody saying something that dehumanizes an LGBTQ plus person, mm-hmm. or makes a joke, if I'm if I'm silent, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if my silence is by neglect or by design. Mm-hmm. It's still create. It's still contributing to an environment that's getting people killed. For sure, this is a clear cut example of if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right. So you know. Where that comes down to in our personal lives is that, you know, probably maybe you've got a friend who's like, oh my God, did you see Dave Chappelle's latest special? Oh my God. Maybe that's a moment where it might be really uncomfortable for you, but you have an opportunity to shave down a little bit this idea that that kind of shit is okay because it's not okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 that friend who likes Dave Chappelle might is probably not someone who's going to go get an AR-15 and shoot people up. And they're probably not even necessarily a bigot themselves. It's just this casual acceptance of other people being bigots is so dangerous. Exactly. This is, you know, 
the Holocaust did not begin with gas chambers. No. It began with rhetoric that created an environment where Jewish people, and for that matter, gay people, yeah. were dehumanized by people's language and where other people who weren't maybe saying those things out loud didn't, didn't bother to push back. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, it feels important to, to say that we all have a role. We all have a role in this. And, and you know, <laughs> maybe you're going to a Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And if someone's going to be busting out with like a comment or a joke or whatever, maybe that's a moment for you to muster some courage and be like, hey, you know what? That's de- dehumanizing language. And... um it's not cool. Yeah. Figure absolutely. out figure out a way to to um push back. Um because if we don't then then we then we're complicit. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. And gay people and trans people, queer people everybody deserves to exist in this world and all the fullness of who they are yeah. in every space that there is yeah. without the fear for their lives. Yeah. And um, that's it. That's all I want to say. Right on. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. And it uh, segues eerily well into my bit for this segment. Excellent. Which is uh, about stochastic terrorism. Stochastic. Can you define that word for me? I sure can. So I uh, learned about this this week. I, I knew bits about it before, but mm-hmm. the, the thing I read this week that really like sort of brought it all home for me is from this guy, Jay Quo. Uh, he writes this uh, wonderful newsletter that I get. Yeah. Um, it's called The Status Quo. Uh, he writes on, it's from a legal point of view, okay. generally speaking. Um but it's about like current events and political events. So he's talking all, I'm just going to read a little bit from his newsletter here. He's talking about the uh, Colorado Springs uh, shooting. All right. And he says, we need to view this attack, whatever the murderer's personal motivations, as the entirely foreseeable and statistically predictable result of the hateful and dangerous rhetoric Mm. being spewed by politicians and right-wing pundits against the LGBTQ plus community. These attacks don't arise from nowhere. Mm. They grow in number and ferocity the more that extremist political leaders and other agitators direct their hate and suggest violence as a solution. There's a term for this that we should all learn and discuss. Okay. It's called stochastic terrorism. Stochastic terrorism is defined as the public demonization of a person or group Mm. resulting in the incitement of a violent act which is statistically probable but whose specifics cannot be predicted. Okay, so like you're talking about like the Tucker Carlson going on his show saying a bunch of horrible anti-trans stuff. Yeah. That is an example of stochastic terrorism. You can't quantify the violence of that speech results in, but it's still... But you know what's going to happen, statistically speaking. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So he continues, this kind of terrorism isn't covered under any criminal laws in the United States because we give it a pass under freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't or shouldn't seek to limit it where we can, especially on big private social media platforms. Mm -hmm. The hallmarks of this kind of weaponization are easy to spot. The stochastic terrorists deploy well-known and established ploys, Mm. such as focusing on the alleged exploitation of children or suggesting that whole communities are other than human, 
Jews and immigrants as quote-unquote vermin, minorities as quote-unquote animals. LGBTQ plus people are quote-unquote demons. Or groomers. That's or groomers. one of the words they've That's been using it. lately. They weaponize deep-seated fear and disgust, knowing that there are a certain number of unhinged individuals <sighs> who will act upon their messages. Yep. Right? Um, it says here, several hours before David DePap broke into Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home in San Francisco and assaulted her husband, Tucker Carlson of Fox News was interviewing right-wing provocateur Christopher Rufo, who claimed without evidence that drag queen book readings were an attempt to sexualize children and wanted to create a sexual connection between children and adults. Right? And when people platform, the point here, that's what stochastic yep. terrorism mm -hmm. is. It's saying stuff like this when you have a big enough audience, like knowing mm -hmm. that statistically speaking, if you have a large enough audience, it will cause an act of violence toward the people you're demonizing mm. when you're speaking. Mm -hmm. It's protected. Because of speech. free speech. Well, and like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? Right. But this isn't that because it's not, it can't be proven to cause a specific instance. Yes. Right? Tucker Carlson is not saying go shoot up the Colorado bar. Right. Colorado Springs bar, right? right. He's just saying trans people are evil. Right, but he doesn't have and you to. Draw, yeah, because he knows that his people will connect A to B and result Enough in C. Enough people will, yeah. Yeah. Man. So stochastic terrorism, the public demonization of a person or group resulting in the incitement of a violent act which is statistically probable, but whose specifics cannot be predicted. All right, so we learned a new phrase, which is useful. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is a stochastic terrorist. Yeah, and it's really like, the reason I'm mentioning this is because I want people listening to this right now to take this idea on board in a mm. thoughtful way in the same way that I was inspired to when I read this article. Yeah. Because like, this is like the point that Jay Quo makes further down, I won't read from it, but he basically comes around to the idea that we need to have this as a society, we, this needs to start being part of our vocabulary. Because mm. it's happening around us. Right. We see oh. it happening all the time. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge part of the right-wing playbook, the authoritarian playbook, the fascist playbook. Yeah. But we're not talking about it in precise terms. And until you can talk about something with precision, you can't act upon it. Ah. You got to define something first before you can deal with it. Yeah, that's, that's a really that's good That's my point. thought, not his thought. I want you to know. I love it. But nice. that's what I took away from it. Thank you, Jamie. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. You know, I could really use a stop at the Inspiration Station. Inspiration Station. Same. You got something? <laughs> I have a couple things. Okay. I've got one. Do you want to go you, me, you? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay, so the first one actually is coming in the form of a, a, a movie recommendation for y'all. Oh, yeah. Who are listening. I know the one you're going to say. <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but I know. Okay, so uh, we, have movie, we have movie nights on weekends. That's yeah. our, our favorite thing to do lately. Other and people's stories. Yeah. When you're storytellers, yeah. you need other people's stories. Yeah. That's how you fill your battery. And so we were searching on Netflix this weekend and we stumbled across a movie called Slumberland, which on the face looks like a children's movie. And it is, the central character is an 11-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And it it is, I think it is, it would be a great children's movie. You could show it to a kid. Absolutely, you could show it to a kid. But oh my gosh, how precious and deep and beautiful yes. this film was. It, like, and also charming and sweet. It's all the things. Yes, it's funny and fun too. Like yeah. it was wonderful. But like they deal in this movie with themes of grief and how to go on living and what that means. Like mm -hmm. uh, and how that's a real courageous choice to go mm -hmm. on living after grief. Yeah. Um, about the idea that how bravery isn't 
at all about not being scared of something, but really rather finding the courage to face the stuff that really scares us. It's you know? like you were quoting your mom about a few tours ago, do it scared. Do it scared, yeah. Oh my gosh, like if you would like to feel uplifted and nourished in your spirit, find yourself a moment to watch Slumberland on Netflix. It was so great. And that's all, I, I don't want to like say anything more about it to like, just go watch it. I was inspired. I hope you are too. Yeah. How about you? What's your What's your item? My item actually is a message that I got from a neighbor. Oh, okay. So uh, it's a neighbor uh, who... Like I'm not going to name any names, so I'm going to describe the situation here. But it's it's a neighbor of ours, an old neighbor from, from here in Tacoma, mm -hmm. uh, who over the past five, six years ago, uh, over the past five, six years, uh, went on kind of a MAGA journey. She got really sucked into like the whole Trump cult thing, voted mm -hmm. for Trump in 2016, was really kind of on board with the MAGA thing for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, much to your and my sort of dismay, because we had met her and thought she was really neat, and then sort of that that happened. It was like a record scratch? It really was. <laughs> yeah. Like it was like this, this felt, felt really dissonant to who she is as a person because we know her to be a loving and caring human being but then mm. she was kind of getting sucked into and then parroting all this MAGA stuff and yes. you see it online it was just like really uncomfortable and weird yeah so I got this message from her on Facebook and mm -hmm. I just wanted to share it specifically because she asked that I share it oh. but also because I just think the message is just so encouraging okay so she said Hey, for all your listeners, viewers, friends, or people worried about this shit of the orange man running for president, <laughs> talking about Trump, of course, tell them not to sweat the small stuff. Our nation is not that ignorant. He won't succeed, and even if he does, it will work out in the end. <laughs> tell them all for me that allowing it to make you feel sick is a distraction from focusing on a strategy. I know this because me, my husband, and a bunch of others felt sick to our stomachs with fear and we fell for the distraction. Mm. Tell everyone not to do it. I know you have a lot of sensitive people in your fold, so I felt compelled to reach out. Aww. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. I mean, really what she's describing is a journey of deprogramming herself from being in the MAGA cult. Which is, I mean, props to her. Seriously. Big respect for A, doing that, and B, having the self-awareness to understand in sort of a meta sense looking down on her life yeah. and her journey what happened to her where she was what she went through and yeah. where she's come through the other side of that uh it's really just encouraging to hear from somebody that that, that can be done mm -hmm. you know it is and i really like it especially for someone like me like you know generally speaking my friends don't do that kind of shit you know what i mean and so a when i have a friend who does it's really extra worrying and yeah. b i can feel disconsolate about it i can feel like oh they're lost forever it's not necessarily true mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. if this if this person can do it you can do it too yeah you know yeah well and i think what i'm honing in on especially um and this is something that I, that jibes with what i've learned from how when strong men authoritarian types do succeed in over nations, over countries, uh, it's because of the fear that they're able to um, to create and cultivate within that society. That's it, and and that you know that's why like I'm I'm trying to make a point of like calling people like Tucker Carlson rather than like scary, calling him a fucking loser. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. like because f feeding into a fear narrative strengthens strongmen. Right. And like she's saying, I got caught up in the fear. Yeah. And I chose the strong man. Yeah. And now I understand that was, you know, the mis mistake and all that. But I, like I'm really honing in on her advice or her admonition to us to, to not give in to a spirit of fear. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that really does benefit the authoritarians. Yeah. 
Um, I think that, you know, I would love to be able to think that everything's going to work out fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think it will if we work for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, that also, I appreciate that that admonition um, of not of not giving in to fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same. I think it's really cool. Neat. So uh, you've got one more, right? I have one more. And this is just, I, I, I get a, a newsletter from, um, it's called The Emancipator. It's a publication that was started uh, uh, through Boston University. Um, they started a uh, couple years ago, or within the last couple of years, started a, a center for anti-racism mm -hmm. at Boston University. And it's, it's a project that is being um, led by Ibram X. Kendi, who is mm -hmm. a, just a very important voice in that um, in that, and uh, but I get their newsletter, and their newsletter today was focusing on gratitude and how gratitude is an is, is an essential, uh, a foundational uh, element of doing social justice work. Yeah, um, and it was it was interesting for a lot of reasons, but there was a, a section where they they were talking about you know pausing to ask the question, what is one thing you are grateful for, and challenging yourself to be specific about adding a why. Um, and the reason they were, you know, and, and, and I do a daily gratitude practice. I know the benefits that this has in my life, but this mm -hmm. was especially just like a, a reinforcement of, of why gratitude is such a, an important practice. And we have Thanksgiving coming up this week. A lot of people are thinking about like, you know, doing some kind of expression of gratitude. Mm -hmm. and, and I just thought this was really sweet. Like it says this, this question never gets old, right? Yeah. Like you don't ask yourself one time what you're grateful for. Every single day there are new reasons. And I love that. And it also, gratitude allows us to shift our focus from scarcity to abundance. And I, I know this to be true, but it was just a lovely reminder to read that today. And I wanted to share it with all of you that like when, when we focus on stuff that we are grateful for, it takes our eyes off of all the ways in which we're feeling like there is scarcity in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it focuses our hearts instead on what is abundant in our lives. Yeah. And it's, an, it's a, just a really transformative shift, I think. And I It's want sort to, of a spiritual, you are what you eat. Yeah, 100%. So take some time. If you're listening to this, take some time to think about what is, what is just start with one thing. What is one thing that you're grateful for? Why? And meditate on that and like observe maybe what that does in your spirit and how it might shift your focus into a, a more positive direction, a more helpful direction, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's it. I uh, like it. This is a great time to segue into our gratitude crank up. I think it is. <laughs> how about you, Jamie? What are you grateful for? What I'm grateful for today is our community of supporters. Mm. I really, really am. You know, I was writing a, uh, I was, I was writing a newsletter uh, specifically for our Misfit Stars people. So if yeah. you're listening to this and you're, uh, if you're in Misfit Stars, check your, check your email, check your inbox, because <laughs> you've got a message from me. But you know what I had to say in there, uh, and I'll just sort of echo it here, mm. is that. Uh, Hold on, I'm just actually looking it up so I can read it because mm. why should I try to remember things? My memory's terrible. It's never a winning strategy for me. <laughs> you know, seriously, uh, I was just, I, I was expressing gratitude in the message that I sent out. And, uh, you know, one thing that I'm just so grateful for is uh, that beca because of the support that we've gotten from our community mm -hmm. on a monthly basis, mm -hmm. I mean, financially speaking, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, 
dovetailing with like the fact of the pandemic, what that meant is that we spent a couple years here where we, where we didn't have to devote four months each year to touring, mm-hmm. right? And what that allowed us, I'm realizing in retrospect, was the time and space over these last couple of years to make a profound leap in your sound and career arc, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like... That, that this is what happens when artists have time to incubate, you know? Right. Like we, like for the past decade, had just spent so much time, just like, you know, we, we would barely have time to breathe like <laughs> twice after finishing our four-month-long summer tour. And it's like, okay, we got to do personal songs for the holidays and you got to start writing the new record. You know, what's it going to sound like? Probably a lot like the old one. We don't have time to think about anything. <laughs> We're just going to crank out another record. And right. as soon as it's done, we do a fundraiser, we get back out on tour and all of a sudden it's like the next fall again. Right. We went 10 years without really having time to breathe. Yeah. I think we did an amazing job at iterating in those constraints Mm -hmm. but like having this support has enabled us really i mean it was almost kind of like getting sort of a community sourced grant in a way Mm -hmm. where we could just focus like in a really sort of extended way on Mm -hmm. like what 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 what's next Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. which is a question we had never even really been allowed to consider right oh it allowed us space to imagine yeah we like honestly like we had we didn't have the time yeah. The luxury to imagine yeah. before that. And you're right. It is the, the the support that we get from our Misfit Stars really made all that happen. Financial support allows artists to imagine. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big deal. And I've just really, apropos of composing that email today, I've been sort of meditating on that, thinking on that. So... Misfit Star supporters, thank you. We're really, mm. really grateful. Uh, the small dollar monthly support that each of you contributes uh, to the aggregate, it's its helped in tangible ways. The fact that like Shannon's stuff is starting to be played on the radio now, it's no accidents because we had time to take everything we learned of the past decade <laughs> and pause and really think about what to do next and how mm. best to do it and how to make it sound best. And mm. And the results, I think, really like speak for themselves. Yeah, you know, it's it's neat to be able to draw such a direct line from mm. here's a thing that happened and here's the result. Yeah, like we got financial support enabling us to take time and imagine bigger, and now look at th- yeah. how things are going. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is. So, people, thank you. Mm. I'd probably be remiss were I not to say to anyone listening who's not a supporter of Misfit Stars, when we say become a supporter of Misfit Stars, all it means is the thing I just talked about. You're supporting our work, our our ability to imagine, to dream bigger dreams mm-hmm. for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to misfitstars.com slash support to get yourself involved if you're not yet. Thank you. Thank you. What is your gratitude for today? Oh, my gratitude is just not nearly as profound as yours. <laughs> um, but I'll join you with yours. Uh, no, I'm grateful. I, w- I got to make plans today with my mom for her to fly up here for Christmas. And I'm just feeling so grateful that she's coming at Christmas. I... We, we spend, we well, with, with the exception of 2020, because everything was shut down and it wasn't safe to travel and all that kind of stuff, um, we've, we, we tend to spend holidays with my mom. Yeah. Most, she's the, the person we spend holidays most frequently with. My entire family's 2,500 miles yeah. away and traveling across the country at it's Christmas, rough. ugh, forget about it. So, but, but we usually go to California to spend holidays with her when we do that. Yeah. And this year she's coming here and I just... Mm-hmm. I feel really happy about that. And I'm really grateful that she's coming. Um, like there's something, there's something really special I'm realizing about like the idea of having my mom in my house. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like that just feels really good. And mm. I'm grateful that she's still around and that yeah. she, we get to do that. Not just and, around, she's active as hell. <laughs> yeah. She's so hyped up. It's no, great. I know that, but a lot of, you know, 
that, I don't take it for granted is what I'm no, trying to say. No, not at all. So I just, I'm feeling grateful for that and, and, and grateful that she's excited about it too and yeah. that we have a month to look forward to it and so that's it. So. Right on. That's my gratitude. I like it. That's good. For the day. Yeah. You all, thank you so much for listening mm-hmm. uh, today. We are here every week dropping a new episode on Wednesdays mm-hmm. um, and so we'll, we'll be back again next week for another episode and I hope that you'll be able to join us then too. Yeah. We really appreciate um, you choosing to spend some of your day with us. Very much. Thank you, thank you. Um, With that, uh, let's sign off and until next week, uh, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. See you later. See ya. Bye.